0: My friends, I wanna walk the street again, but I gotta be patient. So let's enjoy this I just
1: wanna feel your love. Hello everyone, welcome to episode seven of Crime Stoppers. See it, say it, stop it, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to make their community safer. My name is Sean, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Detective Dimitri Tianos from the Toronto Police Service and Police Coordinator for Toronto Crime Stoppers. Dimitri, what's going on, bud? Good afternoon. Good afternoon to all the listeners and to you, Sean. Hope
0: everybody's well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, week whatever and day whatever of the quarantine, uh, soon to get past the COVID-19 situation. But, um, you know, we're all staying healthy and doing what we need to do. I want to give a, a shout out to our listener base. Looking at the analytics of our podcast, we now have listeners throughout Canada, the United States, France, United Kingdom, Switzerland, the Philippines, Bangladesh, and Australia. That's pretty crazy, Hey, eh, Dimitri? It's awesome how the social media and different avenues of mediums can reach so many people. Absolutely. So, Dimitri, what have you been up to since the last time uh, we put out a podcast? Um, continuing working. Crime
0: Stoppers is fully open. We're still receiving a lot of tips on various crimes. Catching up on that. we got some important news mm-hmm. coming up uh, shortly on uh, some of the BOLO campaigns that we have, right. uh, which is the Be On The lookout for those new listeners. Just wanted parties across Canada that uh, we're still actively searching for. Working on the kids' like everybody else in home schooling. So props right. going up to the uh, homeschooled kids and the mums that do it and dads. Yeah. Um, the kids are kind of getting their heads around online zoom meetings with their classrooms. And mm-hmm. it's just the uh, finding out the ways that we can teach our kids. Cause I'm not sure mm-hmm. how they're teaching math these days versus, you know, 30 years ago when I was learning math. Right. Um, so I'm trying to Google like every other parent, uh, half an hour before I speak to my kids, so they don't think that i'm not smart um, <laughs> I yeah. went to uh shut out to psychopath on the danforth uh went uh-huh. and picked up some bikes uh nice. they weren't open, but they uh had the you know order online and pick up at the uh back right, way. Right. Mm-hmm. so it felt like I was doing something illegal it's kind of weird <laughs> can't go into it the is. store you know swapping yeah. my visa for a bike um, right. it's just it's the new norm, unfortunately, that we're going to have to start uh, adjusting. But hopefully everything comes back uh, to somewhat the way it was and we'll continue right. on. That's it. How about you? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, getting on the the teaching thing. Today I was, uh, I was working and uh, I get a, a Facebook message pop up from uh, one of my nieces and she's asking what I'm doing. I say I'm working. I ask her what she's doing and she says that she's waiting for her mom to uh, help her with her homework. Uh, so I asked, was it math? And she's like, No, it wasn't math and I go good because all I know is one plus one equals two uh so yeah it's it's really difficult I can't even imagine how to navigate that uh teaching mechanism there for the kids but for myself I mean over the last week and a bit we had a a big 40 foot tree fall in the backyard last week so I spent most of the weekend uh pretending I was a lumberjack. Gave me something to do, at least. There was really no damage done to anything and no one got hurt, but created some cool log benches out of it for the fire pit. And uh, Saturday, you know, woke up Saturday morning around eight o'clock. I look outside and I was completely confused because there was a good foot of snow and a snowstorm dropping on us here uh, where we live. So that was a little bit odd. And, you know, we went out shopping, came back four hours later and the snow was all gone. So, I have no clue how to explain that. So it was a little bit uh, bizarro.
0: Yeah, that that took everybody uh, by storm. It was actually my daughter's uh, 12th birthday. So shout out out to my daughter. And uh, we looked out the window. And just like most people are doing now, they're celebrating uh, with their friends driving by and giving them a hug that they still Mm -hmm. think of them on their birthday. And then, of course, when that was happening, we had a big dump of snow. Who would have thought in May? But I, yeah. I, I think I've told you this before. I put my shovel away in March, and yeah. I refuse to take it out. I don't care if there's a meter of snow. <laughs> it's just yeah. let nature take its course. And uh, like you saw, the next day, you were planting flowers.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty weird. Actually, the, uh, the weekend before, the fiancé there was outside. Uh, it was really nice. It was It was like 20 degrees out. So she's like, I'm going to go buy some flowers and put them out there. And, you know, as I told you Saturday morning when we had that snow and, uh, you know, the fear that all the, the flowers died, you gave me a, a helpful hint there that I've shared with the fiance now and uh, don't plant anything before May 2 for So we've learned our lesson. On today's episode, we speak to Ryan Ehalt of the Saskatoon Police Service and former coordinator for their Crime stop program, about a unique project he implemented to create awareness and help find the missing by writing an open letter to the person responsible. Uh, this is a really cool project, and I can't wait to get into it with Ryan. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan Bowtie Ehalt, uh, former police coordinator with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's the uh, the weather going uh, in Saskatoon these days?
2: Oh, you know what? It's pretty. It's uh, it's okay. We could have some warmer weather happen anytime here.
1: I think yeah, it'll pick up the it'll
2: pick up the pick up the spirits. We had snow two days ago. Yeah, yeah. It melted.
1: But yeah, uh, <laughs> same here in Toronto. Well, at least north of Toronto for me, anyways. So Ryan, uh, you know we brought you on the show. You're doing some amazing work out in uh, Saskatoon with the Crime Stoppers program out there. But one of the things that uh, you're famous for was the concept of uh, writing letters to those who took the missing. So we wanted to have a little bit of a chat, get an idea of how this came to be, where you are now, where the program is now, and all that good stuff. So why don't we get to a little bit about you uh, in your role, and I know you're, you're not uh, in the Crime Stoppers program out there anymore, but kind of, you know, a little bit of background uh, of yourself and then how you got into the concept of uh, this unique program.
2: For sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm no longer the uh, police coordinator with Saskatoon Crime Stoppers. I did uh, three and a half years with the program. I'm, I'm absolutely in love with Crime Stoppers. Uh, I'd love to find my way back into the program. Uh, Again, uh, it's fantastic, often providing that hidden piece of information that's solving crimes here in basically Saskatchewan. And when we dive into that, we're talking now uh, missing person investigations, stuff like that. So uh, back three and a half years ago, when I first joined the program, uh, our social media was basically 500 followers on Facebook And I quickly realized that how valuable a tool social media could be in order to actually reach a greater audience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, a project that I had in mind was uh, what Crime Stoppers basically is supposed to do. Yes, we can solve minor crimes, but it's really there to provide that anonymity to tipsters who want to provide information, who are fearful for their lives if they provide it directly to the police with regards Mm -hmm. to Uh, murders, sexual assaults, aggravated assaults, gang activity, things like that. And in Saskatoon, quite honestly, we, we have things like that, but we have amazing investigation tools and investigators and we don't have nearly the crime that you have out in Ontario like that, but quickly thought like, what could crime stoppers do? Is there some Avenue in which we could dive into some of the more, uh, serious investigations? Is there, how could we fit in there? And at the time, uh, when I was pondering how crime stoppers could grow, how could we grow social media? Uh, it came to my attention, uh, through a victim services unit about, uh, in conversation with them about the amount of missing people in the province of Saskatchewan at the time, which was about right. 130 historical missing persons. Wow. Uh, and just something that just sparked, uh, and at that time there was an individual that i had heard had, uh, Seemingly come in and confessed out of the blue to a historic, uh, it was a historical missing persons case came in and confessed, okay. led police to where the body was and pled guilty in court. And very quickly from start to finish, I think it was a, a couple months when this person was serving uh, their time for this uh, mm-hmm. in this investigation. And that it just got me thinking like, why did this person do it? Why would they come in? How like, What was, what were their thought process? What inspired Mm -hmm. them to do that? Is there some avenue in which we could inspire more people in the same situation to actually come in and, and to, uh, talk about their case? Uh, so it started, uh, I ended up booking an interview and going up to the Saskatchewan penitentiary and I spoke directly to this individual, Numerous things sort of came out of it, which sort of helped with the basis of the project. But there was two things that absolutely struck me when speaking to this person. Uh, At first, they thought I was playing them. They couldn't believe that a cop was coming up there to speak to them with regards to why they came and turned themselves in. I had to spend about an hour convincing them that I'm basically risking my reputation to even come and have a conversation like this. Uh, I'm here to find out your side of the story. Why did you do this? How did it, what happened? Right. And so a whole conversation occurred, uh, but it boiled down to two things that he told me that were just, it it absolutely struck me. He said, uh, number one, I came in, I confessed I was free. He's serving 15 years to life. I thought that was just a powerful Mm -hmm. statement uh, as a police officer. Mm -hmm. And I think Dimitri is familiar with that kind of concept. People who basically it's an unburdening, uh, they're not necessarily free in the sense of not being in jail, but they're free inside themselves to some degree. And I, you can't promise that to everybody, but there's always a chance of that. And the other thing that he said that struck me was, I told somebody else what I did, but they didn't believe me. And this was uh, about three years or four years prior to him coming in and confessing. And right. I thought, wow, if we could only find a way to get this type of message out to people that are responsible. So after this conversation with him, I went back and pondered everything he had said. I took time to digest the information Mm -hmm. I heard and basically didn't really know what to do with it at that time, but it came up uh, eventually with the idea of the letters called to those who took the missing. Mm -hmm. Now it's a very uncomfortable thing, but it's also mostly agreed upon in common society and society that with the amount, the sheer amount of historical missing persons, not just in Saskatchewan but across Canada, across the world, it stands to reason. It's common sense that some of these people have been murdered, mm-hmm. but we don't know. And, and it'd be uh, you could never, you could never go to a family and ask them, "Are you feel comfortable to let your family member be listed as murdered?" Or do you want right. to be a part of a pro-? so? It'd have to be a non-case specific way in order to do that, and mm-hmm. so. With this, it was a very generic way that really addressed the feelings of a community that, yeah, some have been murdered. And then as we promoted the project, allowed families who, who also believe that about their loved one to actually join in. So the idea to those who took the missing was basically uh, a way to reach out to murderers from what they must be experiencing from their own standpoint and treat them as uh, damaged individuals with an opportunity to come and potentially find the freedom that they're looking for, whether it's through drugs, alcohol, other sorts of ways, sense of belonging, trying to go to the gangs, other things like that, whatever it might be, we don't know. And so even with these murder cases, it's... uh, And the reason it was done this way is if there's a historical missing person case, we've made the leap that some have, in fact, been murdered, then we know at least one person in those cases knows something... And that would ultimately be the person responsible.
1: Right. So, and I I know that you have, uh, you've got a lot of mileage on this concept with the media out in Saskatoon and probably some other uh, provinces across Western Canada. How do you identify which victim you want to feature? Do you do it with your cold case folks? Do you involve the family, get their approval? How does that whole process work?
2: So what we did, we promoted the project. We didn't actually pick any specific cases the Mm -hmm. family members were the ones who are so desperate to get Mm -hmm. their loved one media attention because one of the things about the case of the individual who ended up turning himself in directly linked back to the amount of times family was out as much as possible, banging on doors of media, asking for any interviews to talk about it as a reason why they came in. Right? Mm -hmm. So Crime Stoppers, we never reached out to families because I could never, I I couldn't, as you can imagine, these families are going through heartbreak every single day. And I got to know some of the family uh, through this project and you're not going to go up and be insensitive and say, Hey, you know what? Chances are your, your family member has been murdered. Even if you have that inkling, even as you would never do that, you need the families to come to you. And they did to be a part of the case. Uh, And so we got them involved. We had that we gave them a tool to get their family member mentioned uh, when the release of the every letter sort of happened. And, uh, last year was three letters that were released to the general public, and they helped promote the case by posting uh, about their missing loved one. On a, a, oftentimes these family members have a Facebook page dedicated to finding their loved one, and then we Great. in turn would share that to Crime Stoppers. So it was a win in terms of the family coming on, the huge support we got from them, and we in turn supported their case, which often allowed them to get some more additional media coverage or people uh, media approaching those families to get their back in the case, which goes back to everything that uh, happened as a result of the individual which is, this whole project is based on. He said, right. I was in the media. People were talking about it. It's going to eat mm-hmm. away at these people. That's That was ultimately the goal. It was the, the project. I feel was extremely successful. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody who actually came and turned themselves in yet, but uh, numerous tips and because of the nature of the messaging, which was you could potentially be free. All you have to do is come in and confess. There was right. people now and tipsters that was being released or reached with this type of messaging because it still fits for them as well. They're living with a secret. it's eating away at them. They may not be re- the person who, who committed, uh, the crime or was responsible for a missing person case or any other type of crime, but they're being affected by it too, because they have mm-hmm. a secret to share and it's eating away at them. And we have to remind them of this secret. And that's why it was the, the, the whole nature of what this project was, was basically to just eat away at the people and uh, not, not a malicious way, but like in a mm-hmm. way that offers them something that they truly want and that's to be free.
1: Yeah, and in a way, you're you know you're almost creating that that help mechanism by saying, "Here, listen, you come here, talk to us, you know, we'll help you with the uh, internal conversations you're having to release that burden from you." So, with uh, launching this campaign, if you will, has Crime Stoppers out in Saskatoon had any success? Has any tips been coming in? And I know we have to kind of walk that fine line of protecting the tipster, but has a tip come in that has proven successful in solving or providing information uh leading to a success of of a historical missing person as a result of what you've done.
2: Well, uh I just want to say that the program itself uh was not necessarily housed by SAS team crime stoppers, it's housed by the Association of Crime Stoppers of Programs of Saskatchewan. So all five programs, Crime Stoppers programs, saw benefit in this. So we joined mm-hmm. together and this so it, it was a provincially based uh project but right. uh, and we worked together great as a team it was phenomenal uh and as a direct result we can say because we released it to the media sometime last year i think it was might in been september october that right. a crime stoppers tip did lead successfully to finding somebody not necessarily a historically missing person case but a, a missing person that was sadly found deceased but we know the reason we got the information just because of the timing and how, just how it happened. And I won't go into much right. detail about that yep, was direct sure. result of this project.
1: And, you know, that just goes to the success of thinking outside the box. Right. And um, you know, obviously this is a sad, sad outcome and, in, and in, in finding a, a deceased person, but in the end there was, I'm imagining some closure brought to the family, friends of this person that was found. Right. right. And that's, you know, a win in a way when you think about uh, the outcome.
2: Absolutely. And you know what? We didn't, that family probably has no idea that Crime Stoppers was even involved. And that's the nature right. of what we do. And we know uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's been a fantastic, powerful tool. And you know what? We still have, there were still tips. I think there's a, uh, at the time when I, when I moved back from the, uh, stepped away from the program and moved back to patrol and with my local police department uh Mm -hmm. we had over 130 tips that came in directly as a result of this project now the weird and interesting and amazing thing that sort of happened and is uh these weren't just about historical missing person cases now we now Mm -hmm. had tips come in about murders we had tips come in about hit and runs where deaths have occurred Uh, Mm uh just regular missing person cases just the sheer amount of information and I remember reading one tip in particular, literally just sending a chill down my spine with the amount of detail and just realizing that I would never be able to share this with the general public about this, but feeling quite proud that the project had accomplished that. And I'm still waiting to hear back with regards to that bit of information, but information still coming in to uh, the programs with regards to cold cases and things like that, and um, you know, it, it, and it, at the end of the day, we because of the uniqueness of the project, we had partners join with us. So, uh, like, I'd like to mention uh, a man named Kent Worth from NBC Radio, which is an Indigenous-owned radio station, who heard about the project. And it's actually because of that man that the project became what it is, because he put it on the radio four times a day for us, reaching 165,000 mm-hmm. people. So it's basically just me reading one of the letters, and it's it's a way to capture you without involuntarily capture your attention. So if you are a person mm-hmm. responsible, you're listening to this message, it's not going to echo in your head. Mm-hmm. It's it has to. Uh and so that's the type of thing. So even as crime stoppers, we're looking for those types of sponsors and people who come along, "Hey, what's this about? What how can I participate?" And uh, I right. think that the same thing could happen on Toronto, Ontario, anywhere in Canada. Play this letter, see what happens. You, th- this is what happened to Saskatchewan. We paid 0 dollars to make this project happen. And it was one of the most successful missing persons campaigns I know of.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's extraordinary. And and as I said, you know, thinking outside the box, amazing things happen. Here's a little snippet of, uh, of that PSA that you did.
2: To those who took the missing, what would it be like to be free of the secret that haunts you? You will never be able to forget the past and what you've done. It haunts you. And there are things connected to that day that trigger uncontrollable anxiety, such as the smell in the air, begging the sound of a car driving on the gravel road pleading and the anniversary date of when you took them silence how have you coped with that you've possibly turned to drugs and alcohol in hopes of forgetting but the fear anxiousness and worry will always relentlessly haunt you but could you be free a person who is once in the same circumstances as you is quoted as saying i came in i confessed i was free the only way to possibly be free from what haunts you is to confess. Today's the day. It's time to come in and talk. Crime Stoppers.
1: So Ryan, outside of what you're doing for the uh, letters to those who took the missing, I know that you're doing other type of open letters for other crimes. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe give us an example of, uh, uh, of something that you've done. Well, uh,
2: like I said, I'm- No longer being part of the Crime Stoppers program, there were letters that I did over the last three years, but it gives you sort of an idea of how our social media ended up growing and how we engaged Saskatoon uh, in a different and unique way. As you can imagine, uh, crimes are happening in in cities, your city, our city, all across the provinces, Mm -hmm. Canada, and you know what, people, they hear about it so much. And they become the they've been victims themselves. I've been the victim of it. I've had people go through my car and steal stuff, uh, things like that. It's just right. you sort of get an apathetic attitude towards it. It's going to happen, you know. What are what can the police really do about it? And so when, prior to even the missing person campaign taking off last year, which it only happened in May of last year, before that we wanted to engage Saskatoon in a different way, and. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we get very clear suspect photos that were sent to different within the internally within the police department to, to help identify suspects and people. And if you can't identify them, the files would get closed and, you know, couldn't right. be solved. But these were amazingly clear suspect photos and they were crimes sort of a less lesser nature. So the, the vehicles being broken to when you got a clear suspect photo from somebody's surveillance, uh, a theft from right. uh, uh, superstore or any other store, uh, liquor thefts. Mm-hmm. And these are crimes that are plaguing our community. What can you do about it? Well, it sort of started by accident. <laughs> when I did a very first, I guess it was a wanted person post. And the person had robbed a convenience store and had a very noticeable tattoo on his arm. And I'd featured right. the same individual on Crime Stoppers the year before. And at that time, we, our social media following is maybe a thousand people. Didn't really get traction, but it was unique. And I just, the next year, I was like, just frustrated. I'm like, I, I wrote this letter and <laughs> I called it, Dear Suspect, on this day, you robbed a convenience store with your friend. Uh, and we think it's only with this noticeable tattoo. We think that somebody out there should be able to recognize you and chances are they'll like the cash reward of up to $2,000 that will pay for your rest more than they actually like you. <laughs> and so we can't wait to hear yeah. from you. And that was the very first viral Facebook post that we actually had. Uh, I gave the information how to contact Crime Stoppers on there. It was more just out of frustration than out of like trying to be witty. And 500 shares, yeah, yeah. just boom, like people shared it. Wow. And that was huge for us at the time uh, for that. I was like, you know, what? quickly, quickly this, realized how it, impactful
0: a- that could be. As an investigator, it's, it's, it's great that people like yourselves are thinking out of the box. You know, over 20 years of investigating, whether it be robberies from convenience stores, homicides, et cetera, you're always looking at different ways that you can solve crimes. And nowadays, everybody has to get behind that social media and how many people you can actually reach. Um, yes, we're still going to be doing the boots on the ground, knocking on doors. But here's a way. Um, and you had mentioned it earlier that most people didn't know about Crime Stoppers and then you wanted to build on your social media. Believe it or not, sometimes even within uh, police forces and police services, um, they don't know much about Crime Stoppers or that it's an actual tool that they can reach out and use to solve some of their crimes. So kudos to you and kudos to this uh, program you started and this letter campaign. Yeah,
2: And And it was phenomenal because not only did it make other officers – aware of the program, they started reaching out because they wanted to see their suspect actually featured. We had files now solved across the province, uh, or sorry, from different officers in the province who are now following Crime Stoppers because it was sort of expressing in a very walk the line type of way what many officers feel about these types of crime. And on top of it, we got information back from the the community uh, that people uh, who were actively involved in or were shoplifters uh, were now stopping committing crimes because they did not want to be featured on Crime Stoppers. They were so paranoid about being featured because <laughs> our reach was so wide that they stopped committing crime. Uh, just think about that. Isn't that like the whole point awesome. of what we're trying to do. And now it's, yeah. it's outside yes. the box. It's a little bit edgy and people are concerned about people's feelings and things like that. And, and you know what? I, I do recognize that because these are people often struggling with addictions and other things like that. But our role as Crime Stoppers is to, Find who's responsible. You get to tell yours. It's it, it's it's in, it's in, the, in the title. title. You, it's in the title. It's called crime you, stoppers. You unfortunately, have committed a crime, and I very carefully and gently say, "Don't commit crime." Then there's an other way. There's another option. There's help out there, and one of the ways that I try to uh, yeah. I try to always keep myself in check was if this person who's currently committing this crime, and I'm willing to go down this route and use humor a little bit of sarcasm or get some public attention and play uh from wherever to, to identify this person if they came and said hey ryan i need some help can you help me i'm willing to do whatever it takes and i'm not willing in myself to go yeah i have an option we can help you let's figure out what we can do and i don't and i can't say yes when i have that internal dialogue then i have no business featuring these people because my job is not to belittle them to be uh their judge my job in my mind was to bring uh, awareness so that they could be identified so they could be put into the system so yeah. they can get the help that they need if they want it and and oftentimes we know as police officers dimitri that they, they have to want help in order to get out of that life
0: you're always going to want to investigate with a clear mind but be full fair Absolutely. and frank and uh if if at times we can step in and be that uh, social assistance to them we can guide them the right way but my mindset has always been I'm an advocate for the victim. Absolutely. Um I'm a voice for the yep. victim. Um whether it be from a robbery, a theft of a bicycle to murder. Yep. We as police officers and the public that help out like your volunteers on crime yep. stoppers or the voice for that Absolutely. victim. Absolutely. But of course you're going to you you you're, you're, you're going to have respect for either party and you're going to deal with them in the right way, but they have to be brought to justice and that closure for the victim whether you know Even uh, in my robbery uh, experience, it would always be, is this person going to come back? Um, Are they targeting me? And when you did arrest that individual and they did confess because it was on their chest, they wanted to get it out uh, for whatever, a number of reasons. I had always go back to the victim afterwards and say, you know, they did admit to it. They didn't do this for you. But I was that voice asking those questions in that statement. Right. So, um, this is just another way to reach out to that public that is sitting at home and saying, well, I don't know how to call the police because they're going to have my number or I don't want the cops to come to my house because I live in a small rural area. Everybody's going to know that I'm the one that called. Yep. But then once, like you said, you open up that social media, you get those letters out there.
2: Hey, I never thought of crime. Stoppers. Absolutely. Well, now the whole community so, is talking about crime. Stoppers. Yeah. They still believe in it. We created a whole Perfect. community of people. <laughs> that love Crime Stoppers here in Saskatoon because of what we've been able to accomplish. And we have phenomenal support. There's you, there's almost nobody you can talk to that doesn't actually have some awareness through because our social media campaign or being the traditional media sense of what Crime Stoppers is. It's phenomenal. But you know what? You've paved the way probably with uh, mm-hmm.
0: some other people as well, which we'd like to yep. thank. Um, now you're moved on to other and, Uh, bigger things and back to the patrol like we all eventually get back to. So hopefully that system you've put in place and the people that are in power now uh, do reach out to someone that's as motivated and has so much drive into the Crime Stoppers program. Like I reach out to my previous coordinators so hopefully they do that as well and they continue on with your uh Yeah, with your well, the
2: goals. current uh, SAS police service coordinator, we, everybody yeah. sort of got redeployed as a result of everything going on in the world right now. But she's doing a fantastic job and still posting things to social media and things are still being solved. So awesome. it's, it's fantastic. What are you doing now these days? Now
0: that you're saying that the redeployment, let's jump on that because we've also I've lost a couple of people on to
2: redeployment. Oh, for sure. Uh, but they're still keeping in contact with, me. uh, you know, I'm back working as a traditional police officer, taking calls, doing that awesome. type of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's great to be back in the community, get recognized every once in a while for my previous crime stoppers role and wearing a bow tie. But, but you know, other nice. exciting news is, uh, for me personally, in uh, uh, I'm actually the new volunteer digital media coordinator with crime stoppers international. So I'm, that oh, just came out you with know, the last week and a half here. And, uh, I'm very excited about what that opportunity might mean for the next six months helping out and doing stuff as they go through the same challenges that every organization across the world is going through and trying to figure out how they're going to... Yeah. Do.
0: So what you're telling me is that you're going to promote our podcast.
2: <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. I do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And anybody, well, any I'm other... Ho- cram- I'm, ho- I'm holding oh, Any other then. Crime Stoppers program too? Just listening or people, if you have an interesting thing, the whole goal of, uh, and of what we would like to do at the international level is promote you uh we promote what crime stoppers are national we often have projects going on there's one right now and bringing awareness to uh cyber threats and people exploiting uh 19 and and uh networks and stuff like that mm-hmm. but there's lots of other things going on in the world we encourage your Crime Stoppers program. Let us know. Tag us. Tag Crime Stoppers International in whatever project you're doing. Love to promote it. We want to share it because uh, maybe it's something nobody another program wants to adopt. You know what? We're part of the greater Crime Stoppers family. We might do things differently, work different centers, but we all have the same goal in mind. Sounds refreshing. Yeah.
0: And if I can tell you mm-hmm. one thing that I always say on this podcast is crime doesn't have borders. Uh, just like you know, uh, a thief, a murderer. Can cross borders a lot easier than, let's say, jurisdictions Absolutely. for police yep. officers. As long as you're into the international Crime Stoppers market, champion the fact that Crime Stoppers should all work as one. Uh, there mm-hmm. shouldn't be borders to, like you said, our ultimate goal is to stop. Absolutely. And, and
2: especially so. anything to do with international fugitives right now. If you have international fugitives, think there's someplace else, uh, well, Crime Stoppers International wants to use its reach and what they do and their networks That's to actually-, actually promote that often through social media, which is the way that we need to go. Right. So we'll hold you absolutely. Awesome.
1: Yeah. We might have something coming up soon that we could leverage your, uh, reach with, but, uh, also know that this podcast, you know, we talked about it at the beginning, Dimitri and I, uh, we're not just in Canada. We're in the U S we have listeners in France, the UK, Switzerland, Philippines, Bangladesh, and Australia. Sure. So, uh, you know, the, the listener base that we do have is gone worldwide. Uh, currently when I look at our, uh, our information, the one province in Canada that we don't have listeners, is Manitoba. <laughs> so hopefully this will change after yeah. today's if episode. If anybody knows anybody
0: in Alberta or Manitoba or any province in Ontario, I want you to reach out to them and tell them about our podcast. And for sure, we're going to continue to have, uh, amazing guests just like Ryan to fill us in yeah, sure. on, um, on you. And
2: innovative ways of uh, solving sure. crime. And I just would say to your listeners right now uh, if you want this project, I, I got it all bundled up in a nutshell with the radio ads, the letter itself, even the images that we used for the missing person campaign. Uh, they actually speak to a message that uh, of hoping to reach people in a, a unique way, which is, for example, we had one with a, an abandoned well. Things like this that we're not, we haven't really talked about much, but we hope inspires people mm-hmm. that might know something or these are interesting locations where bodies no, might be located. All... Things like that. They're just different, right? So love to help out anyway any way if you find a value in this, uh, as I think you do. No, offline for sure. I'll, uh,
0: I'll reach out to you. And if you can give me all that information, sure. I'd love to uh,
2: to even try it out here in Toronto and see sure. how it you, goes. You, right? Any radio station, just ask them, just beg them, just one time a day, play this. Even if it's in the middle of the night, see what's going to happen. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, they make news media part of their own story of helping find missing people and, and just keep on pumping in with the stats and the information, like NBC Radio that helped us out. Yeah, phenomenal. We actually owe all of our success because of the uh,
1: radio adverts. So, Ryan, where can people uh, find you on social media? Obviously, including the CSI. Uh, tags and if they want to reach out you, to you personally, where can they get a hold of you on social me. media? Uh,
2: look for the guy in the bow tie at Ryan E. Halt. It's pronounced A-Halt, but E-H-A-L-T. Send me a message and uh, we'll connect from there.
1: Ryan, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for all that you do and continue to do for Crime Stoppers and being the advocate that you are. Thank you so
2: much. As I really appreciate the invite to be on the podcast.
1: Well, it's a pretty uh, good discussion. Lots of information there from Ryan and what he's doing. Dimitri, it's pretty unique on uh, how some people are, are thinking of ways to create uh, tips and information. And, and this is a unique thing where they're almost playing on the conscience of the bad guy to come forward. Pretty unique.
0: You know, I was thinking about this the other day with my wife and we were talking about it. Times like these when we go through COVID, we don't want to get into that, but um, mm-hmm. you sit back. And you start thinking of different ways that you can communicate, whether it be in sales or whether it be in policing or meetings mm-hmm. you might have, because everybody's used to that norm. Everybody's used to waking mm-hmm. up. It's almost like a uh, groundhog day. You wake up, you have your breakfast, you go to work, come back, and it's just repeat. But now we're in this situation where people are thinking out of the box. Ryan thought about it a long time ago and put it in place. We're thinking mm. of podcasts, so I urge all our listeners that whatever job they're doing, whether it be in policing or whether it be in security or another field, start thinking of different ways. don't Don't say to yourself, "I can't," or else right. this is this is going to get the best
1: of us." So think of different ways that you can accomplish your goals and go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. As we conclude, I would like to remind everybody that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous. Criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. And If you have any questions, comments or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be safe.
0: And like I always say, stopping crime one tip at a time.